Good evening, everyone. I'm Kate Wheeler here with Christine Bentley, and you are listening to What She Said. So happy you could be with us this evening. Well, we all know that diabetes is rampant. It's on the rise. So any new discoveries for treatment in that field are very welcome. We are going to chat with a Canadian doctor, Evan Lewis. He's involved in key research for diabetic neuropathy, and he's found seal oil can make a world of difference. Yes, absolutely. And I know a lot of people in, do you know anybody, Kate, who, who has, has neuropathy, where you, you can't feel the end of your, your feet I or know, hands? I yeah. know it's a, it's a key part of uh, diabetes, or it can be, yes. Yeah. But I don't know anybody that has it right now, thankfully. Now, we all dream about them and talk about them, but many of us just can't seem to get it together to plan one properly. We're talking about vacations. And Meridian's Dillis de Cruz has some great tips to get you organized and get you in savings mode for one. Mm. Savings mode. That's, yeah, that's yeah. where we need to go. Uh, savings absolutely. mode. Now, we're also going to be discussing the link between nutrition and feeling good and confidence with holistic nutritionist Jane Durst Pulkas. Now, I have just started on the program this weekend. So, we are going to be uh, keeping you updated on the progress. Uh, my progress, should I be compliant and, you know, follow all the rules and... and Once you get into the swing of yes, it? Yes, something like that. Now, she did describe it as the beginning of three weeks of hell. Yes, she did. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> it starts with a bit of a fast, but apparently um, anybody who has gone through it um, feels all, wonderful. It's all about balancing your metabolism, metabolic balance. Yes, but also finding out what you're allergic to and mm-hmm. what doesn't agree with you and every. The people that we know that have gone on it uh, say they just feel like a million bucks. Okay. And if I don't feel like a million bucks, I could always head to Socialite. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one thing that uh, many of us can relate to is the seeming lack of transparency when it comes to nutritional information like calories and sugar in the alcohol industry. And so Neetu Godara from Socialite Vodka is going to join us to talk about that and the sugar quiz that she designed. Mm-hmm. Now, just imagine you're a successful musician, singer. You're lucky enough to have, um, y- you know, f- to make lots of hits. Who would have thought that you actually hate some of them? Well, musicologist Eric Alper is here to tell us that, yes, it happens. And don't forget, we're also giving away two copies of True Family Wealth by Chris Clark and 25% off Boomer t- Nutrition. And before I forget... Longtime musician and songwriter Blair Packham here with his first release in 13 years, Kate, on popular pop. Yeah. So stick around for our live studio sessions. And don't go anywhere. We will be right back after the break with Dr. Evan Lewis with some breakthrough news for diabetics. This is what she said. Stay with us. Well, the incidence of diabetes has been steadily rising. Currently, there are 11 million Canadians with diabetes or pre-diabetes. And t- today, they have new options thanks to some research here in Toronto that has now been commercialized. And joining us this evening is Dr. Evan Lewis to tell us about what he discovered and the company he founded. Well, welcome to What She Said. Thank you very much for having me. So let's start with the research. What did you find? So we did a study on diabetic neuropathy. And this is the most prevalent complication that affects people with diabetes. Which is? So it's nerve damage. So as a result of high blood sugar and other factors in diabetes, the nerves in our hands and our feet can get damaged. And that leads to some very painful symptoms, numbness, tingling, loss of sensation. Is that that? I know that um, relatives of mine that have diabetes, they definitely have foot problems, walking problems. They have to see podiatrists regularly to keep an eye on their feet. So this is all part of losing the feeling. Yeah, it starts. uh, It starts in the hands and the feet. Typically, the feet first, Mm -hmm. and that's where people people notice it, and they can get injuries. Mm -hmm. And if those don't get taken care of, that can lead to loss of toes, loss of feet. It's it's a really serious condition. Does it is it automatic? Or does it happen after a certain period of time? It's very individual, but we know that over 50% of diabetics will develop neuropathy within 10 years of their diagnosis. So it's not everybody, but it's most people, unfortunately. But it really gets in the way of living your life. Oh, it's a huge impact on quality of life. 
So the research that you... So the research we did, um, it really came to me because I come from a nutrition and exercise background. And I looked at this problem and I said, how can we help people's nerves? And what goes into the nerves that can help them get better? And we went through an approach taking, looking at diet and seeing what people are doing on a daily basis. And we said, you know what? It's the omega-3s that we need for our nerves. And if we can give them back to our diabetics in a high concentration in a very available format, then maybe we can make a difference. And what our research showed was over one year, we actually caused nerve regeneration. Wow. And this, and this is something that's uh, a really big deal because up until now, there hasn't been anything for people with diabetes to really stop the disease progression of that nerve damage. Is it something you have to start early in the, as soon as you found it? You've got it, or can you start at any time and see an improvement? So in our, in our research study, we grouped our patients by three groups, low risk of neuropathy, high risk, and people with advanced neuropathy. So the low risk people, they stayed stable, and that's important mm -hmm. because they didn't progress at all. Where we saw the biggest effect was our high risk group. They responded the best to the supplementation, and even those with advanced neuropathy, they improved as well. Well, tell us about the supplementation, though. It's not just any omega-3. No, we have um, what, we're, what we're calling a pro-nerve omega-3, and it uh, contains three different types of essential omega-3 fats that are all important for nerve structure, um, nerve development, and nerve function. And um, we were able to use a different type of omega-3s, um, which actually comes from seal oil, and we're able to use a pharmaceutical grade of that, which is... Uh, has been shown to have some really important effects for diabetics. I've never heard of seal oil being used for omega-3. It's something that's, I mean, fish oil dominates the marketplace. Exactly. Um, yeah. And we've, we, I came into this just because there's a different structure of the omega-3s. And that helps um, us absorb the fat more efficiently. Mm. And I really think that has a big impact for the results that we saw in our study. Now it's called, what's it called? So our product is called Nutarnic Essentials and it's a diabetic neuropathy supplement. Where did that name come from? So that's a great question. Um, we found, um, we we're looking through a number of different um, avenues for branding our product and we came across an Inuit word, uh, Nutarnic, and it means new ice forming in Kraken old ice. <laughs> and that just it's a really long explanation, but it hit us as something that was very restorative and regenerative. Um, and that's what we're trying to do with our company is use different nutrition products that we develop to have a really restorative and regenerative effect on people's health. How much regeneration is possible or have you, have you noticed? So in the study, we saw a 29% increase in nerve fiber length. And that's what we were measuring um, as for nerve regeneration. And we were expecting only 5%. So our findings really blew us away. So how long would somebody be taking the supplement for before a doctor would see a difference or they would feel a difference? So in our study, um, we had patients come back to us after a couple of weeks noticing improvements, whereas others didn't notice improvements, although their test results were markedly better. So... It's a very individual thing, but when you're improving your health by a little bit each day, you're not, you may not notice the improvements. Right. So if we go with that sort of 1% improvement each day, then after a month, two months, you're going to feel a lot better, but not necessarily know it unless you're tracking it or seeing your doctor on a regular basis. This also works for athletes. Yeah. So the, uh, how I came into this was doing a study in athletes looking at how we can improve their nerve function because nerves are what drive our muscles to work. And I was able to show nerve muscle improve, the interaction improved in athletes, uh, which is important. But then I looked at, so who can we help that needs, who, who doesn't have nerves that function the best? I mean, mm -hmm. we can make our athletes function better. That's awesome but looking across sort of the spectrum of people who really need some help um, to function better on a daily basis. And that's where I landed in uh, diabetes. Um, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to ask this question, but has there been any pushback because the oil comes from seals? Not yet. Uh, <laughs> you sound like you're expecting there may be. <laughs> I'm, uh, there, 
definitely will be at some point. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that it comes from SEALs is not lost on us. Um, our company and our ad advisory board, uh, we are in a program to go to a sustainable source for our products. And we're always open to new research and development. So yes, we know our products come from SEALs, but we're focusing on a market which really needs some help. Mm -hmm. So I think that the uh, fact that we can help some people who have a very serious health condition will outweigh that uh, that political issue, if you will. <laughs> yeah. How would people get this? I mean, you've only been on the market for you know less than a couple of weeks. So exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's about ten days now. Yeah. So uh, we have our website up, um, which we're selling our products through. And we're also in the process of partnering with different healthcare providers that are working with diabetics on a uh, on a regular basis. So it's not a prescription. No, not at um, not at this time. There needs to be further research done in order for doctors to be able to prescribe this. But right, right now, it's available over the counter as a as a natural health product. So, a health food store. Yeah. So let me ask you, you said you were expecting 5%, you got 29%. You're continuing with the research. What are you, What direction are you going in? What are you mm -hmm. hoping to break through here? My goal um, for our company is to be able to use nutrition as therapy, um, not just in diabetes, but in a number of different health conditions. So what, what we're doing with our research going forward is we're getting into what we call a phase three trial, where we compare our product against a placebo in people with diabetes um, to see if we can repeat these findings, which we have very good support or very good uh, information that says that we should be able to do that. Mm -hmm. After that, um, after we finish that study, then we can approach organizations like Diabetes Canada and different healthcare organizations to say, look at this research, look at what we've shown. This is something that's really important for diabetics. And then that's how we can uh, work forwards on a prescription basis. And what's the timeline that you see? It depends on how quickly we can get the research done. Um, I know doctors right. hate to t give you a timeline. But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, somewhere for the research to be done, the regulatory approvals, we'd be looking somewhere uh, three to five years. That's amazing. Okay, so um, people can go to Nutarnic.com. I'm going to spell that for you. It's N-U-T. A R N I Q, the dot com part you can figure out. So <laughs> Nutarnic.com. And also your so that's your social media handle. Yeah. Right. So it's easy to find either on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Um, fascinating. Thank you. Yeah, we're really trying to make an improvement for people's health. And uh, this is just the beginning. Well, Dr. Lewis, thank you so much for joining us and uh, telling everybody about this. I think there are a lot of people who will uh, take advantage of this. And it's always great. I know people who have neuropathy. So anyway, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. This is what she said. Stay with us. How many of us dream about a vacation, any vacation, but then put it off in favor of putting the money towards something else or leaving it so late we just can't get it all together? Well, Meridian's Dillis de Cruz joins us this evening and she says she will help us all get on track. So welcome back to what she said, Dillis. Great to be here. So what is the issue for many people when it comes to vacation? Money, planning or both? Uh, I think it's both. So, you know, we, we want to go on vacation. We know we're going to go on vacation and we don't really set a plan ahead of time. And then we go and, uh, you know, we might charge, charge it all up and then we come back from mm. vacation and we're all stressed out because we have these big bills. So I think it's both. Okay. So when it comes to planning, what are the first steps? So I think it's really a matter of well, you know what you want to go on vacation every year, once or twice a year, whatever you want to do, open up a bank account. So I'm going to give you five tips before I dive right in. I'm going to give you five tips that I think will help people get on track to plan for vacation so that they're not stressed out when they come back and they have to figure out how to pay for it. Right. So number one is open up a dedicated vacation account. Uh, and I'm speaking from experience because I actually have this. Um, there are some great accounts that offer high interest and, and Meridian has one. It's 1.5% interest. And the reason I say that is – if you have a savings account that is dedicated to your vacation, then you know that you've put money aside rather than commingling it with other things. So number one, a good thing to do is open that account. Now, how do you start saving for it? 
I am a huge advocate, tip number two, is to set up automatic biweekly transfers. Mm -hmm. I always talk about that every time I'm here. Um, I really like that. And you can start as small as $25. I like to link it with your pay and uh, have it transferred automatically when you get paid into that um, vacation account. And, you know, up it. You'll want to figure out how much you need to save and try and work backwards. But I think even putting starting with $25 – I mean, that works out to, you know, $1,200 that you can save in a year. Mm. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. So um, now another tip, tip number three, is save as you spend. And what I mean by that is there's a feature that we all use our debit cards so often. There are features, uh, and most banks and Meridian offices as well, is that there is a functionality where you can say, every time I use my debit, I'm going to put a dollar of that into savings automatically. So I go oh, that's sneaky. get my coffee and my coffee costs me $2. Well, that's cheap, right? So if you got a latte, it might cost you $5. <laughs> um, and you can start with the minimum. And every time you use your debit, a dollar will get transferred. Uh, you could go a dollar to $5, gets transferred into the vacation account. It is amazing how much how, and how fast that accumulates. Wow. Uh-huh. Okay. So that is tip number three. Now, tip number four, uh, and I'm going to be really cautious about this, but it's a great way to be able to plan for your vacation and save, is use your credit card. <laughs> and, and you're smiling going, how is using your credit card a good thing? Um, but using your credit card, and I say this really carefully, wisely, there are so many great credit cards out there. And so um, you have to pick a credit card that's going to work for you. There are travel credit cards. Mm-hmm. We know all about ones that give you cash back. Uh, there are ones that give you points on airlines. There are ones that just give you travel points that you can actually go on Expedia, for example, and um, you know use your credit card to pay for whatever you want to do, whether it's plane or hotel or um, going to an amusement park. So pick a credit card that works for you. And what you want to do is figure out a good way to start accumulating those points. So a couple of things that uh, work really well and can help you accumulate points is think about using your credit card for all your bill payments. So if you actually think about the bill payments you have, you have your phone, you have your home phone, if that if you do have one, uh, you've got your mobile phone, you've got internet, um, you've got all these things coming out on 407 if you use a 407 – you could set it up to go through your credit card and you will accumulate points so fast. I mean, if you think mm-hmm. about it, that could be easily $600 a month based on all those. Um, That's why I, I pay everything that I can um, with with my visa. My husband actually found out that one of the suppliers that supplies his business took visa. So he said, we're upping our visa limit. I said, we are? He said, yeah, because the company will just pay it back immediately, but we get the points. That's exactly I'm it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. And that's worked as well. We get, yeah. enough, we get enough points to pay for a vacation for a family of four every year. There you go. Yeah. So that's exactly it. Um, and on the card I have is travel. I really like the travel one and it gives me dollar points. And I typically get my, a lot of my flights free because then I can shop and get the best rate on a flight. And I'm using mm-hmm. cash, so I'm not bound by a certain flight so right. uh, or a certain airline. Now, um, it's the best way to do it, but it can be tricky if you're not paying that off right away, yes, right? Yes, has to be paid off Because all of a full. sudden, you know, if you're putting everything on your credit cards, you might get a false sense of security of how much money you have in your bank account. So mm-hmm. let's say your expenses are $600, um, $600 every month for phone and cable and all the utilities, um, which is probably low. But, um, you know, if you don't have that transferred back to your credit card right away, you could easily spend that because we use debit so frequently, right? And so mm-hmm. you have to be on top of that. So my tip on this is... Um, figure out exactly what that amount is. So in this example, if it's $600, then set up an automatic transfer to your credit card for $600 every month. What I do personally is I, again, link it to when I get paid. So if I if my utilities and that charge that's going to go on my credit card is 600 I break it out and go 300 and 300 gets transferred to my credit card right away. Uh, in conjunction with my pay so that I'm not missing that. um, You want to make sure Mm. that you don't miss the payment date. Um, And then the other thing is if you are using – you know, some people are really disciplined. If you can use your credit card for almost everything, again, you got to make sure you have the money to do it. But what I like to do is if I'm using it for bigger purchases, right away, go online and transfer the money to my credit card. So if I made a big purchase, I just bought bought some patio furniture, I put it on my credit card. And then right away, I call on my phone, I went online and I transferred that money from my account right to my credit card so Mm -hmm. that I'm not carrying a balance. Mm. 
you, you, should, you should meet my husband. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, being the banker, I am not that disciplined. So I will not use my credit card for everything because, again, you forget and then all of a sudden it accumulates and you don't realize. So I'm, I'm careful. What about when you get to where you're going? Do you use your credit card then because of the transfer fees and exchange rates? Um, so, I mean, I think everybody has their preference. You have to look into what is the rate that you're going to get charged. Is it better mm-hmm. for you to take cash ahead of time? Um, you know, carrying cash is risky in its own way mm-hmm. as well, too. So I, I like to say maybe a balance of both. Take some cash that you need um, and look at what the exchange rate is going to be and if there's any additional fees and see if that makes sense for you. Does anybody use traveler's checks anymore? No, no they're almost by way of dinosaur. I would say that it's getting less and less and less. And I, I'm not, I'm thinking we don't even carry them. I, I shouldn't say that. But, <laughs> um, but less people, you know. And I think even people, uh, when you do travel abroad, they're not even comfortable accepting them as much now. As That's well, true. Too. That's so, true, too. Yeah. Um, what about when, when I was away recently, I noticed I was often asked if we did use the visa, did we want to pay for it in Canadian dollars or the country's currency. And I don't know what the choice is there or how you should decide. Yeah, so I think it's really good to do your research before you go. And and by the way, you can just go on the internet and see what the current rate is and see if it makes sense. That's happened to me as well when I've gone on a cruise. Um, and I can't remember what I did, but I guess I took a look at the rate and I thought I might as well use um, the uh, let it convert once it comes back versus the rate that they're offering. So do a little bit of homework before you make that decision. So budget, planning, any, you know, I guess, yeah. assess your expenses. Yeah. And then again, with the credit cards, I just want to point out insurance, right? I mean, the right, coverage on insurance. I mean, you get your emergency health covered, uh, trip cancellation, lost baggage. Um, and if you're renting a car, that's covered as well, too. So again, credit cards can be a really good thing. And that saves you money. So you know, these are all things that can help you plan for your vacation. And then, you know, non-financial, but, you know, and I'm not sure if you use this when you went on your vacation, but Airbnb, you know. That's you, where we stay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, people are using it more and more, uh, saving a lot of money, uh, booking.com, Hotwire. Use all these services that, that provide discounts. We did get a little fooled, though, because, of course, because we had pre-booked the Airbnbs everywhere. It was like, well, half the vacation's already paid for. Right. So it wasn't appearing mm-hmm. on on the visa or as we were traveling because we'd already paid for the accommodation. Right. All all booked and paid for. Yeah. So um, but I think I think we budgeted quite well. That worked uh, really well. Um, any other tips you think we should? You know, I, I think it's about trying try and get money saved up ahead of time so that you're not overwhelmed uh, after that. Shop wisely and, you know, can make it part of what you do so that you have money tucked away. I think that's the most important thing. And if you do, I always say this. And if you if you do find yourself in a situation where maybe you overspent or you've come back and you've got credit cards to pay, go and see a financial advisor because they can sit down and help you just look at the, the debt aspect, but also planning for the future as well. Delista Cruz from Meridian. Always a pleasure and great advice. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. This is what she said, and we'll be right back. Joining us now is musicologist Eric Alper and On the Record. And Eric, I just cannot believe that Bob Geldof didn't love that song. Yeah, you know, what, like who has a hit song that they don't love? <laughs> a lot of people. Sometimes when you're an artist and you write a song, sometimes it takes you 10 minutes and sometimes it takes you years. But sometimes you get to the point where day after day and night after night, for years and years and years, you're singing this song. In concert, you're mocking it and lip syncing it on video. Sometimes you just get really bored of that song. And sometimes at the very beginning, you hate that song. In the case of Bob Geldof, he is responsible for two of the biggest selling songs of all time. Band-Aids, Do They Know It's Christmas? And then the offshoot of that was USA for Africa's We Are the World. He says that every single Christmas time, he walks into any store and they're playing <laughs> that song and he's sick of it. He loves the fact that it helped raise tens of millions of dollars for people in need, but he just cannot see stand those two songs and he said that he is responsible for the two worst written songs in music history. might take a lot of money for Madonna to admit the fact that she can't get her virginity back again. But <laughs> if you 
go to see her in concert, no matter how much you pay, you may never hear her sing Holiday or Like a Virgin again. She said that she is so sick of those songs that it would cost at least $30 million for somebody to pay her to sing those songs again. So here you go, another case of singers not liking their biggest hits. a bad song a flock of seagulls amazing hairdos though. amazing right <laughs> I, I like that that's a flock of seagulls in iran of course in the 1980 kind of one hit wonders are remembered for two things that song and that hairdo well lead singer mike score hates them both he <laughs> says that that song and the hairdo owned him rather than he was owning the song and the hairdo in fact later on after that song became a hit he shaved off his hair in order to not being asked all the time questions about that hairdo, which was kind of like a duck front Look, style. his hairdos have nothing on Christine <laughs> and my hairdos over the years. Come on. <laughs> Did you see those hairdos in the 80s and the early 90s that we used to sport? Yeah, we had a hairdresser who gave us uh, your perm, your perm, my perm highlights, right. and then the highlight, the hair got to be the color of the highlights. Eventually, at some point, I think I was brassy. Like, you know, brassy. I was copper colored. I don't think anybody has ever walked into a hairdresser say, "Can you make it a little bit more brassy?" <laughs> Maybe Chrissy Hines. Yeah. <laughs> little ditty about Jack and Diane, two American kids growing up in the heartland. Jack is gonna be a football star. Diane's debutante backseat of Jackie's car. I love that song. Yeah, that's a little ditty about Jack and Diane by John Cougar Mellencamp. And, and this is a song people sing in the shower forever. Forever. And I don't know if there's been two people in music history that was created that was so popular, but John Cougar Mellencamp says that there's been this little bit of romanticism about Jack and Diane. He doesn't think that they ended the relationship off so well in the sunset as the song would have it. But he also says that it's been able to afford him a great deal <laughs> of many cars and houses so he can't stay little too mad. A little pink houses <laughs> yeah. for you and me. I would like to say to you, but I don't know Love to quote word for word what Leanne Gallagher, the lead singer of Oasis, has to say about this hit because he hates it so much. The next five minutes would be one long bleep, but essentially <laughs> he hates the fact that in America, even though that in the UK and Canada they have many, many, many hits with tens of millions of albums sold, in America this is the only song that they're known for. So people would come up to him <laughs> saying, "Hey, aren't you Mr. Wonderwall?" And it drives him up the wall. So if you ever want to get Leanne Gallagher mad or get punched in the nose, just say that. <laughs> to him. And we do have to keep this in perspective. These are first world problems, right? <laughs> these are very much first world problems that have probably paid for a lot of alimony for a lot of these singers and more. Well, thank you very much, Eric. And we will chat with you next week, of course. Eric Alper is brought to you by Roar Records. Download the new single, Rise. It's based on the heroic story of Olympian and Pan Am medalist Jessica Phoenix. You can get it everywhere. Joining us now is a woman who inspires and motivates people to take control of their health, transform their confidence, and change their lives. Welcome Toronto nutritionist and educator Jane durst Pulkies. Thank you, Kate. Now, you started your private practice at 40, and now you're almost 59 years yeah. old. So what was your secret to success, do you think? My secret to success was I really wanted to spend all the time that I could with my children. And then at 40, I thought, this is my time. So I found something that I truly loved and I poured my heart and soul into it. And I did everything I possibly could to make myself become as educated as I could so that I could have the greatest impact on people. And what 
is it that you, you do? Explain, explain what you do to people. So I do several things. As a holistic nutritionist, I work with something called Metabolic Balance, which is a weight loss program that originated from Germany that targets metabolic syndrome. I also do something called psychosomatic energetic medicine, which is a way of testing people for any kind of energy blocks in the body. So there's an old saying, your psychology becomes your biology. So I help them find out what it is that's bothering them. And then I use homeopathy to help treat that and get them back on the road to health again. Okay, so full disclosure, I met with you (laughs) on um, Tuesday and I am signing up for the program and you're going to help me get all balanced and lose 25 pounds, Yes, I believe is my target. We're almost ready to start like on Monday after Father's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, great. (laughs) It's funny that uh, metabolic issues are sort of coming to the forefront now. People are realizing that it's not just calories in, calories out, or how much exercise, that there's a whole hormonal, there's a whole balance to our bodies. Yes, and so basically metabolic uh, balance was originated by a doctor in in Germany um, who wanted to target metabolic syndrome which means that if you're a female and your waist size is greater than 35 inches, or if you're a male and your waist size is greater than 40, you will be probably succumb to metabolic syndrome and have you may develop things like diabetes, heart disease, cardiovascular problems, and blood lipid disorders. So we're seeing now this incredible increase in diabetes amongst the young people and older people, and type 2 is on the rise. Um, And it's because of the hormone insulin. So metabolic balance uh, works on balancing insulin in the body and targeting the visceral fat. So that's the fat that wraps around your inner organs that creates the hormonal imbalances and causes all kinds of problems in the body. So the program designed to, to work on that specifically. Now, what's interesting is you're a nutritionist who wrote a book on confidence. Yes. So how are the two related? Well, it's interesting because uh, I came from a family of five brothers and three sisters, and I actually wasn't a very confident person as a young person, as a young girl. And when I began my practice, I kind of faked it till I made it. I pretended I was confident, and I started to notice the same same things in people um, that I was kind of exhibiting. And I wanted to feel better about myself, so. I took on a mission to travel around, go to seminars, and to rebuild it. And I figured out that, or what I observed, is that most people who came to see me were coming for more than nutrition. They wanted to feel good about themselves physically, mentally, and emotionally. So I started to give them techniques that I had learned that built my confidence. Um, For instance, I'll give you one of the techniques in my book, because I had them eliminate the seven deadly words, which are can't, should, if, need, must, or and try. And this empowers people to do that. So I started gathering all these amazing things. And I thought, I'm just going to write a book because a young girl walked in my office one day at 13. And I decided that, you know what, I want to help her so that she doesn't have to suffer the way I did. Okay, I want to throw you asked me a question. And I when we when we had our meeting, yes, and I want to throw it back at you. Okay. Tell us three words your clients would use to describe you. Uh, passionate, um, I have heart, and I am just super energetically excited about their journey for health and wellness. That's more than three words, but I'll, I know. I'll, give, it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it to you. So what do you love most about what you do? Is it is it helping people? Yes. I love to see the transformation you know, from zero to hero. I love to watch how people can take simple things like even drinking water and feeling better or going on the Metabolic Balance Program and losing 60 to 100 pounds because it changes their lives. I love to be part of that, and I'm there the whole, the whole way. Now, part of the thing we did was live blood cell analysis. Yes. Can you explain exactly what that is? So it's a, uh, it's a way to take look at people's blood through a single drop of blood. So I take one from your mm-hmm. finger and then put it onto the computer onto the TV screen, and we look at things from dehydration, um, if your body's acid or alkaline, if you're losing, you know, if you have enough minerals. So it's a method I can I use as well to see where the client is from a vitamin perspective, mm-hmm. an acid-alkaline perspective, and even if they have a lot of systemic stress on their body, because we know that stress, you know, when you're stressed, you actually constrict, and the constriction causes a lot of acid. Well, we're going to um, we're going to keep people posted on on how I do. But okay. For those that are listening that want to get in touch with you, tell them how they can do that. They can just email me at jane at creativehealth.ca or they can call me at four one six 
529-6326. Well, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you. This is what she said. Stay with us. For many of us watching our waistlines, our sugar intake, the nutritional and caloric information helps us to decide what's worth the splurge. But when it comes to booze... There are no requirements to post that information. So joining us this evening is the co-founder of Social Light Vodka, Nitu Godara, to talk about the lack of transparency in the alcohol industry. This is an interesting subject, and welcome to what she said. Thank you so much for having me. So what exactly do you mean by lack of transparency? Is it just that we don't have the nutritional labels on the back? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we're a local Toronto company, and when we started our brand, Social Light Vodka, a couple of years ago, Um, we were really surprised to see when we were designing our packaging, you know, our drink is essentially a vodka sparkling water with natural flavor. We're the only drink out there with no sugar. We've got 80 calories in a can. So we're, of course, proud to put all these types of facts in our packaging. Um, And when we went and looked at the industry, we thought, oh, my goodness, like we never even really realized ourselves that when you pick up a beer or a cider or a cooler and you turn it around, you're not necessarily seeing ingredients. So even for if you think about people with allergies, the, the requirements for allergen information. And yes, you're also not seeing nutritional information like the typical facts table that you see on every other food or beverage product that we consume as Canadians will tell us um, calories, sugar, you know, percentage daily value of all sorts of different things. Exactly. And And in alcohol, you don't get that. So for us, you know, when we came up with Socialite Vodka, the whole idea for us is that we wanted a delicious drink you could enjoy and not throw out all your good decisions you try to make all week. Um, and so we put all that information on our packaging and um, we, we didn't realize that actually sets us apart. When we started <laughs> this, that sets us apart. It actually makes us quite unique. Well, I have seen some, but it seems to be completely voluntary. Like I think Smirnoff Ice has a light version and they have the cal- calories, I think, on it. But it's very, very rare. Yes. And completely voluntary. Why do you think there's no law requiring it? You know what, from, from you know, we're a small startup. From what we understand, um, it's just governed by a different body. Um, so the Health Canada and the CFI, that they, that they manage all the labeling requirements, alcohol doesn't go through the same level of scrutiny. And it's got a long history. Um, and there has been people who have tried to lobby against it. It's, it, you know, it's never kind of gone through, but it's actually the same in many places around the world. So it's also similar in the United States where you don't see full labeling on alcoholic products. And you are right. There are some other products out there that do disclose and, um, you know, uh, and they're often the ones who have lower calorie counts. But the ones that aren't displaying the information <laughs> are likely the ones where we'd all really love to know just how much sugar is in a can okay. of cider or Like a I'd like to yeah. know what's in Bailey's because I right. love it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd also like to know what, what might be in there that I might be allergic to or somebody might be. And you're absolutely right. It never occurred to me. Right, right. And we get a lot of um, comments on our Facebook page saying, oh, my goodness, thank you so much. You know, I can read your ingredient list. I know you're gluten free or, you know, I'm really watching my sugar. It's a part of the diet I'm on or I'm watching my carbs and I choose your drink and in above everything else, because at least I know what I'm drinking. And I love your drink. Obviously, they have to love how it tastes. Um, But yeah, that we get a lot of commentary about that. So what is the average sugar and caloric content in leading alcohol? beverage brands. So it's different. It of course depends on um, what kind of alcohol you're consuming, but you know, we're, we're a ready to drink craft cocktail. We're 80 calories in a can. The leading um, cooler in the category will have upwards of almost 250 calories. So you're talking- In the same size can? In the same size can and we're 80. And so if you think of an average can of cola and you know, pop Mm. gets a bad rap nowadays, right? An average can of cola would have 140 calories. And so your leading cooler is 250. And so if you think about that's the combination of the alcohol and just the sheer amount of sugar that are in these products, but there's no disclosure. So I think if people knew just how much sugar was in what they were drinking, they may make different choices. And that's all we believe is right, is transparency. We just think consumers deserve information. And then you make your choice. If you want to drink that, that's totally cool. But as we just think people should have information available to them. 
So you developed something called the sugar quiz. We did. Okay. Yes. So what's what exactly is that? Well, we thought, you know, we started to realize that we get so many questions and commentary and and thank yous on our page saying, oh my goodness, I've been dying to know what's like in my drink and thanks for like putting it right on your package. We said, wow, there's such a craving for information out there. Let's develop a fun way to build awareness of what's in your drink, you know, what's in your summer drink. So we built this fun little quiz. You go on our website and you basically just say, hey, what, what do you typically like to drink on a Friday or Saturday night with your friends? So you can choose beer or cider or wine or cocktails. How many drinks would you typically have? What kind of drink you look for? And then it'll output um, a little summary for you of how much calorie, how many calories and how much sugar you're drinking on your average kind of social night and what some alternatives may be for you. So again, not forcing you to make any different choices, just trying to have a fun little quiz that helps people um, learn about what's in their drink. What was the most shocking thing you discovered when you uh, developed this? You know what, when we were developing the quiz and the research, um, I will say, you know, I was just so shocked at how much sugar there really is in some leading um, coolers and even th in things like cider, right? So mm -hmm. cider actually can sometimes have more calories. Cider off, like the leading cider has almost 300 calories. That's a taller can, but they typically come in the, the bigger mm -hmm. cans. So 300 calories and, you know, almost 40 grams of sugar in a leading in a 40 lead. grams of sugar? Yes. Yes. So it's 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 just under 40. It's like 39 in one of the leading brands. And, you know, again, a leading can of cola is like 34. You know, you would you don't really typically think of many people sitting around and crushing back, you know, cans and cans of uh, of um, pop nowadays. But sometimes with alcohol, I think we don't realize just just how many calories we're, we're putting in. Do you think Canadians care about what's in their booze? You know what? Absolutely. I think the success of our startup is just part of that evidence. Like we see so many people um, telling us that they appreciate the fact that we're 80 calories and no sugar and the fact that we put that right on our package. And um, the more people we have the opportunity to talk to, the more people we see um, want it. And you know what? We started this company from a really selfish place. I'm one of three business partners. My, my business partners, Dan and Kevin, um, and I were all healthy people. We're all pretty active. Um, and you spend so much time, you know, trying to make good decisions all week. Uh, you know, we're all trying to be better, I think, nowadays about what we eat, what we drink. Um, and But we're all pretty social people, too. We like to hang out with our friends on the weekend. But that doesn't mean you change personalities. You know, you still, when you make those decisions on the weekend, you head to the LCBO, you grab your drinks, you still, I think a lot of people don't want to throw away all the hard work they put in um, to try to live that healthy lifestyle. They want to maintain that balance. So that's, that's, we think there's a lot of people who are like us, who are looking, looking for that when they, when they choose a drink. Or at least to have a choice. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, so, sometimes you splurge, but. For sure. And that's okay. And sometimes, hey, we splurge too sometimes <laughs> on all sorts of things. I love my dessert and I love all sorts of things. You know, we all make our choices, but that's exactly it. We just think information is all people, all people deserve. Okay. So social light is a ready-made, as you said, sparkling vodka cocktail. But mm -hmm. it says here it has no sugar, no sweetener, and no artificial ingredients, and it's gluten-free. How did you make it only 80 calories? So um, our drink is very clean, and there's really only four to five ingredients depending on the flavor. It is truly just premium Canadian vodka, sparkling water, and then we add 100% natural flavors. So we have a lime and ginger flavor and a pineapple and mango flavor, but we don't add any sugar, any sweetener. Um, so if you think about when you go to the bar, what's one of the most popular drinks ordered? Vodka soda, right? Mm -hmm. So we just thought... A vodka soda with a twist. It doesn't have to be so boring. It can taste delicious. So we have um, our two flavors available in Ontario, the pineapple, mango, and lime ginger. And that's that's really all that's in it. Vodka, sparkling water, and t crafted and blended with natural flavors. And we just believed in keeping it simple. They actually, to be honest, these drinks actually started in our kitchen. We used to drink vodka sodas because we wanted to make the healthy choice. And family and friends were like, these are really delicious, these drinks you guys made. You should quit your jobs and start a company. <laughs> and we were, And then we were like, Okay, let's do it. <laughs> and I bet you have a list of more flavors to add. We do, we oh, do. We're, we're always in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Where can people find the quiz? The quiz is on our website. So it's socialitevodka.com slash the sugar quiz. And all your social media is at socialitevodka with the L-I-T-E. You got it, yes. Socialite Vodka. 
All right. Well, thank you very much for coming in and telling us all about it, Nitu. Thank you so much for having me. Kate and I will be out buying some. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) This is what she said. Stay with us. Was it really true? You, yeah, you. This song's about you. Please don't be alarmed. It's because I really miss you sometimes. What you are listening to is a song called You, Yay, You. So, while growing up in the 80s, the Jitters and their leader, Blair Packham, who is sitting in studio with us, wrote a slew of pop songs. And while he is best known for teaching others how to write memorable tunes and going on the radio every week to talk to other songwriters, Blair Packham is back with a new album. Welcome. Thank you. So it's been 13 years since your last release, and you've put out a collection of clever and catchy songs called Unpopular Pop. What's the story behind that title? Well, um, I figured that for me at my age, because uh, I am 98. <laughs> uh, he is and I'm not. I'm glad you guys laughed, actually, because when I talk to younger people, they're, they're, I don't mean younger, I just mean people who are really young. They don't laugh because they think, oh, I guess he could be 98. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. But at my advanced age, let's put it that way, I, I felt that... Um, Shooting for the top of the charts, like trying to com- you know compete with Shawn Mendes and and uh, Katy Perry and so forth, was kind of silly. And I wanted to do music that was still pop music, still three minutes long, roughly, with catchy choruses, hopefully, but saying something and saying something that was meaningful to me. So, what what do you think makes a good pop song? Um, for me, I like a particular kind of pop song. I like a pop song that has um, that has meaning in the lyrics, maybe multi-leveled meaning, maybe a little sarcasm, a little irony, mm-hmm. um, something that's a little deeper than just "I love you, baby, and I wish you were here." Although that can be affecting <laughs> too. Well, look know? at the way Patrick Stewart when he reads Taylor Swift lyrics. I mean, that to me just cracks me up. <laughs> it I, really, I, I, it's true. It's, it's, so, what are some of the topics you've written about for this album? Well, let's see. I wrote about uh, choosing happiness, like making a choice because I found I had a I had a rough decade not 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 that unusual for people my age I had a decade where I had problems in business and then my marriage fell apart and then my my dad had just died my mother got sick and I took care of her and it was it was tough and it was tough on creativity mm-hmm. so um, uh, I found myself always uh, if somebody made a joke, I, I'd think, yeah, right. I'd go, I'd sort of go for the cynical thing all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. Somebody would get married, and I think, yeah, good luck with that, you know. And I decided I had to stop that because I had, I had made like a pathway in my brain towards negativity. So one of the songs is about choosing happiness, like making a deliberate choice. That's awesome. Now, where can people get your music? Oh, all over the place. Uh, iTunes, Bandcamp, uh, my own website, BlairPackham.com. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us. And that is our show for this weekend. Be sure to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk. But singing us out now, live in our studio sessions, is Blair Packham with Baby What You Come Here For. My usual excuses are usually enough But tonight my biggest critic is made of stronger stuff If you ask me for my story then declare it all a bore Baby, what did you come here for? Subtext kinda baffles me, what is it that you mean? Tell your truth directly, please, and free of mystery. I'm sick and tired of asking. I won't beg, but I'll implore. Baby, what did you come here for? Baby, what did you come here for? To sit me down and tell me how your heart got torn. Baby, what did you come here for? Were you expecting we'd add up? Like two and three makes four Your expectations ain't my business I won't change for you no more So baby, what did you come here for? I've wrestled tin horn tyrants Drawing lines across the sand And bettered backroom bullies Shaking babies, kissing hands I hate to play the victim after winning every war But baby, what did you come here for? 
come here for To sit me down and tell me how your heart got torn Baby, what did you come here for? Were you expecting we'd add up Like two and three makes four? Your expectations ain't my business I won't change for you no more So baby, what did you come here for? My usual excuses are usually enough But tonight my biggest critic is made of stronger stuff If you ask me for my story, then declare it all a bore What did you come here for? Baby, what did you come here for? Yeah! Yeah! Yeah, yeah! Yeah! It is your favorite girl. That's right, it's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.